Well, I have returned one more time. Danny's Musical Chats. And this is Danny, obviously, talking at you. And, uh, yeah, just thought I'd uh, pick up the old cell phone and put it in front of my face and talk for a bit and talk about uh, music and whatever seems to be going on in my world and in the world. Um, yeah, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, um, I guess it was yesterday, and um, just talking about heroes and talking about people that were, you know, really important in, in uh, the development of, uh, of you know, my, my uh, musical history, which you may or may not know, uh, over 50 years of playing. There's always, every musician has their inspirations and their mentors, you know, either uh, on recordings or actually in person. You know, you play with them, you watch them play, you listen to their records, you know, whatever it is you do, um, you know, as you're coming up and as you're forming your, your own kind of musical identity, um, you know, you're, you're molded greatly by, by the choices of the music you listen to and the things that attract you, which is pretty obvious, but it's true. And the conversation was interesting because the topic came up of those that are still around, you know, that are still inspiring us and so many of them are gone because as you get older, you know, uh, you know, myself approaching 70, I came up in the music of the 60s, the 70s. That was when I was forming my identity into the 80s and for, further. But really the, the heart and soul of it really happened, happens in your, well, depending when you start, I guess. In my particular case, I started uh, playing in a band when I was 14. And I'd been playing for a while before that, listening to stuff. But, you know, um, you're learning stuff off records. And, you know, you don't know what you're doing, of course. And you're not doing it right, but you're trying to figure it out. And, you know, it's a much, it was a much different time from now. <laughs> you, know, you can get transcriptions and perfect things on YouTube, etc. Now, and it's a good thing. Actually, it saves an incredible amount of time. But in any case, back in the day, you know, you're in the band. You know, back in the, say, 1966 is when I started. And you got a few guys in the band, and some guys know more than the other guys, and some guys are more talented, and got better ears, and whatever. And um, I placed myself somewhat in the middle of that whole spectrum. <laughs> um, there was a guy in our band, in our first band, who I, I've been working with recently, uh, over the last, I don't know, since November, and reconnected with the, the guy who was the original bass player in my first band. He played bass and sang lead. And there was another guy who played rhythm guitar and sang lead. But this guy's name is uh, Dana Honey. And Dana is one of those incredibly gifted guys. He was the youngest guy in our band. I was 14 and he was 13. And we started, he could figure out harmonies and stuff off of records and figure out the chords really quick really good and you know I was eager to learn and as we all were we're all trying to be a band you know it wasn't about any one guy being sort of the front guy well there's <laughs> always that crap the the uh, the ego type of stuff that goes in, in bands and makes them and breaks them but um, from a musical point from a straight musical point I learned so much in that group 
in the very, very beginning from the time I was 14 to the time I was 16 in that particular band in Winnipeg. We called the Collectors. And uh, we were, we played all the time. You know, we practiced like mad. Uh, but this one guy, Dana, was a very, very much a mentor to me, even though he was slightly younger. And he's still a mentor to me right now. I mean, uh, I've had a long career and I've, I've been influenced by many, many people over the years as he has, as we all are. But the skill sets that people acquire in the process of being influenced, say, for instance, you love, you know, Jimi Hendrix, you're a guitar player you're coming up and you just live with those records and you pick up every little thing off them and you know you get and you're trying to copy Jimi Hendrix obviously that's what you're doing you want to be like Jimi Hendrix you want to be able to play what he did on those records now you may or may not back in the day actually get it accurate or not um, but it's been said actually that sometimes the not getting it right is what develops your own style. <laughs> and there's some de definite truth to that. You might learn, you learn more concepts and general ideas than you learn literal things. Learning literal solos is really a thing. You know, it's never been my strength. I mean, I have to work really hard to do that. Some people are just impeccable at it. Uh, you want to talk about mentors that I've had over the years. One of the mentors I had was the late, great Bob White, uh, who I played with for whew, 26 of my 50 years that I was playing at that point when he passed away uh, in 2017. Uh, and he could play and he could sing like unbelievable. Another Winnipegger, same age as me, basically the same age as, as Dana, came up, but his skill sets were from playing in, you know, um, rock bands that did records i mean they played they did records but they also copied records verbatim you know which was never a thing that i did and except in the very very early days we were attempting to do it but he developed skill sets around that kind of thing where he could accurately figure shit out and what happened is you know in the years that i played with bob i wish i would have worked harder but i learned an incredible amount from bob you know, and, and it kicked my ass to, if we're going to play a song by Badfinger, you better play that solo correctly. Don't want to, you know, <laughs> he was a bit of a hard case, but he, I loved him very much. But, you know, he was very much, you know, into doing stuff right. And it was an incredible influence on me. Uh, he's passed away now, and I really miss him. And uh, But he lives on, you know, in, in the influence he has, you know. Um, Dana's thing, it's a living thing. We're, we're doing recordings now the two of us and also with the keyboard player from the original band we had back in the 60s in winnipeg um randy otto is his name um we're doing recording we're not even in the same room it's it's the new the new era <laughs> of the ability to record from a distance you know which is using the internet and using sound files and recording your stuff and you know, and you got one guy mixing it on the other end who happens to be Dana. You know, it used to be a joke. when I, like I did a lot of recording sessions and stuff over my, my years, and especially my younger years, uh, playing on people's records and doing demos and you name it, right? The big joke used to be, I'll phone my part in. <laughs> I'm, I haven't got the time. I'll phone it in. Well, guess what? 
now you can not phone but essentially it's the same idea so anyway dana and myself and sometimes randy and sometimes his son his teen son axel who plays bass uh will contribute um but I, it's really interesting for me to to develop a working relationship again uh, with a guy that I admire so much. Dana was a pro, a pro all his life and got better and better and better. Sings like a bird, plays multiple instruments. And we're doing stuff that, you know, requires me to actually, you know, kind of bear down. <laughs> you know, um, it's not kind of my biggest strength actually but it's it's a good thing to do uh because it it uh it's stressful for me more than it would be for some guys because like a uh, bob white or some people like that but what i can do though um is you know what people kind of know me for as an artist or whatever you want to call it as a musician is my ability to create on the spot you know, um, to improvise and to come up with ideas and to, you know, do stuff like that, all based on concepts, like I talked about earlier, where you're learning stuff, but you're not learning it verbatim. You're learning aspects of the guys playing, like I love Clapton, for instance, and I love, you know, certain George Harrison, you know, various different guitar players that I've always liked. These, um, from learning and figuring stuff out and playing the songs and whatever, you end up with all of this stuff in your subconscious, all of this, all of these concepts and musical ideas and things like that. So when you get into a more of a free-flowing, uh, not actually writing a part, but actually just you know you're up on stage and time's come, time comes for you to take a solo, and uh, you dive in and you might dive in with a particular concept, but when it flows, uh, it's it's quite magical. I mean, it can be bad. It can be good. It can be great. But it is now in the moment. It's not something you're replicating. You know, not, and that's not to denigrate that replication. I have huge, huge respect for people who can actually do that, who can ferret out the parts and lay them down and do them perfectly. What I'm talking about here is sort of the kind of the opposite of that. And they're all really, really good things. Good musicians come in all sorts of sizes and flavors um you know um people great singer songwriters that you know um play their songs exactly the same every time because they're works of art you know they are you know they might be slight variations but they're doing the song you know just like when dana and i do a cover we've been doing 60s covers covers of tunes from the 1960s you know, great ones, you know, um, we've also been working with a woman named Susanna, um, who's, uh, Susanna Anderson, she is unbelievable, uh, and we did, we did to serve with love with her, and we nailed it, it sounds like the bloody record, like, really, sounds like the record, you know, and a lot of that is Dana Honey, frankly, and, and, of course, Susanna's voice and her ability to do it, but I'm I'm kind of on for the along for the ride. But I'm learning and I'm playing this stuff right. I'm coming up. I come up occasionally with things that aren't really on the record, but really fit, not to distract from the original idea at all. And you know, as long as it's not distracting from the original idea, then it's just that little bit of personality that's on a very subtle level, 
coming in there. So, you know, I throw in my two bits, but we're doing this thing and it's quite neat. Like we've done all, we've done 17 tunes so far. And a really good friend of mine from way back, he used to play with Bob, actually, Bob White, at the Roxy here in Vancouver, uh, Mick Delavie. Mick is just one of those guys who plays every instrument. In a way, he's sort of like Dana. He's just younger. <laughs> and, well, he's, you know, he's just a multiple instrumentalist, incredible, brilliant guy. Um, really good videographer. You know, he does really good video stuff. Um produces you know rights ranges etc anyway he he has gotten in on board with us very early because he he um he heard some of the stuff we were doing you know like i you know played some of the stuff that you know we were first doing and there was no video or anything like that and we weren't even doing complete songs we were doing sort of uh, edited versions of songs which really isn't my thing but you know it was just the way that dana wanted to do it at that point well, Mick hears this stuff, and he's like, man, you guys, you guys are good. And I'm like, well, thanks, Mick. You know, that's cool. He says, you know, uh, can, you know, I could do, you know, I don't know. I forget exactly how it happened, but he ended up, I think he just did it on his own. <laughs> I can't remember. But he did a video for a song we did, Words, by the Bee Gees. And he, he synced up our recording which is primarily Dana's, actually. I just added some acoustic guitar. It was a, an older track that he had. Whatever. He synced up a, a video from uh, the Ed Sullivan show of the Bee Gees playing on there, and he took uh, our audio track, our recording, and synced it up to that, and it was remarkable. <laughs> Dana he said he brought tears to his eyes when he saw it. He told me, uh, we're on the phone all the time. He's in... He's in Kamloops, I'm in Vancouver, and you know, whatever. He says, man, I can die now. <laughs> you know, I can go, I can die now. This is so incredible. And it was the beginning of a great relationship, uh, musical, um, cooperative relationship with Mick. All of us are doing it for free. We're not doing it for money because it's just, we just do it. And uh, we've done 17 tunes with Mick doing videos just like that. Everything from the zombies to the trogs to... You know, you name it, like all sorts of stuff. You know, Booker T and the MGs. Uh, oh, man, it just goes on and on. You know, uh, Johnny Rivers, uh, Peter and Gordon, Chad and Jeremy. And he's does, he's been doing this, and it's been really great with us. So I guess what I'm saying is that the um, the people that inspire you and the people that are your, your working mentors and the people who push you along, you know, uh, I'm very, very thankful to have people like Dana and Mick and, and of course, you know, Bob, who's passed away now. It's very important to me. And, you know, guys like Billy Cowsill, who I worked with as well, who was very, very, you know, important to me. Uh, you know, Billy from the Cowsills, you know. Anyway, I played with him for a period of time. And uh, so many others. I mean, I can't even begin to count them. But they're the mentors and they're the, some, you know, it's like, you know, like the song, In My Life. There are people I remember. Some are gone and some remain. Um, you know, I think that this thing that we're doing right now with Dana and myself and Randy and sometimes his son and in working in tandem with Mick is, is really kind of honoring all of those roots and all of those people as well as honoring each other by doing something together. So that's my musical chat today. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to me Babylon. <laughs> Babylon. Um, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing to be able to do these little podcasts and I don't know how many people actually listen. I don't really pay attention to that particularly, but for those that do, thank you for listening. And I'll see you the next time. Danny's Musical Chat, signing off.